0: Hello goblins and ghouls, and welcome to another episode of my Haunted Life podcast with me, your host, Angela Harcher. How is everyone out there today? How are you enjoying your fall? Here we are finally starting to see the leaves change. Instead of the 90s, we are in the 60s. Today is a bit rainy. So, in other words, it's basically perfect. I'm slightly biased because today is also my birthday. This weekend, some of my besties and I are having a haunted birthday getaway. Well, partially getaway. It is a working weekend. This Saturday is the Denver Oddities and Curiosities Expo. So we are staying in a haunted hotel in Denver. We're going on a ghost tour. I'm so excited. Uh, Perhaps some spooky drinks. We're trying to find a haunted restaurant, that kind of thing. If we find anything good, I'll let you know. If also you are in the Denver area, come out to the show. It's only this Saturday. This is one of my absolute favorite shows of the year. And this year, it's at a new location called the Colorado Convention Center, which is like downtown, if you uh, know Denver at all. I'm not very good with Denver. I think it's the building with the giant blue bear looking in the window, but I could also be very wrong. I'm not good with Denver. That's why I have my girl, Bella Brujita, who's been on the show several times, helping and suggesting places for us to go. I should really see if the convention center is haunted. I wonder if my neighbors would be irritated if I set up a ghost box in the corner. Probably. That's kind of loud. Anyway, so... As many of you have noticed, when it's a show week, I usually don't get an episode out. But since I didn't get one out last week because I was sick, I felt like I needed to get one out this week. But because it's a show week, I didn't get a chance to finish up my research. Or I should say as much research as I would have liked. So today, You get a shorter episode, and then a second part coming up soon. I'm not sure if the second part will be next week, or saved until after October, because I have some episodes planned for October. So I'll keep you updated. That being said, for October, I'm doing episodes... On topics that truly scare me or things that just fascinating me fascinate me or technically both I guess so tune in to see what I come up with and don't forget starting Monday over on the patreon there are extra special top 10 episodes coming out each week if you are at the intelligent haunt level, you can start listening to those episodes that include arbitrarily picked top 10 haunted things by me, and a couple of the lists just to give you an idea. There's top 10 ghost animals and top 10 haunted bathrooms around the world. Hint. No real surprise, most of them are in England. Just saying. Uh, but again, those are each Monday through October. And then after October, I'll do one once a month, because honestly, they were a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of Patreon, I want to give an extra special shout out to my newest patron, Jeffrey. I'm not going to say your last name just in case, but thank you so much. I really appreciate you and thank you from the very bottom of my heart. It, it was a wonderful birthday surprise to get that. This week, I'm telling you the tale of the one and only Resurrection Mary from Chicago. Her story is the classic hitchhiking ghost tale and the lady in white all wrapped together And she just haunts the roadway where she was killed. She's iconic. But Mary's a little different than just your regular spirit that replays their death over and over. She's this lost soul looking for a night of happiness. But the weird thing with Mary, unlike a lot of other phantom ladies out there, people actually believe they know who she is and her backstory and people, this is her sightings only happened, started happening in the 1930s. So there's people who had memories of her alive and it's, it's so fascinating and um, there's so much research into her origin story. And of course, there's differing opinions about who she really was. I think there's... I've seen some estimates where there's like top two ladies she could have been. i also seen that there's 25. We'll go into that in a later episode. But... Um... it It's all so good. I'm, I'm telling you now so today I'm focusing on how people usually encounter her and it's stories that are told over and over again and that's, that's something special about Mary the stories change it's like her spirit adapts it's so good so let's get into it shall we grab yourself a cup of tea make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by i have a story to tell you
1: It's late on a moonless night. You're on a dark, lonely road. The shadows seem to reach for you. The sudden rustle of leaves makes you jump. Your heart beats faster and faster. You assume it's your imagination. Unless you're on the road to Resurrection Cemetery, just southwest of Chicago.
0: So, our story starts in the 1930s. If this is Jerry Palace's story it's 1936 at I believe the O. Henry Ballroom. The name of the bar has changed several times over the years but at this point I believe it's the O. Henry. There's also accounts of the Liberty Grove Hall and ballroom and later the Willowbrook. I believe it's all the same location all on Archer Avenue, I believe. Uh, This is the era of big band music. It was a big deal. This was that wonderfully innocent period in time. It was the perfect time between the Great Depression and coming out of that and World War II. And the country was just coming out of one horror and didn't know another one was around the corner. So people were celebrating. People could breathe again and start living. Kids that grew up during the Great Depression saw this as a chance to escape and enjoy themselves finally. That being said, this is 1930 Chicago. The era of the gangsters. But in that little dance hall, full of working to middle class, mostly white kids, mostly of Polish descent, could just forget everything around them and have a night of fun. And this is where our friend Jerry, or Vince, or both, uh, comes in. The story goes... And this part, all these details, mainly come from the Vince story. But since I'm pretty sure it's Jerry, I use Jerry instead. But I just want you to know, he had put on his favorite suit, which was a double-breasted gray number with squared-off shoulders, and his most colorful tie, red with Hawaiian hula girls and grass skirts. I bet he was looking pretty fly that night. Or I bet he at least felt like he was. He cruised Archer Avenue with the top down on his Chevy Carbolet? Cor corbo I don't know. But I thought it was an important detail. I'll, I'll find a picture of the car so we have it. The night was warm and he'd slicked back his hair with enough brawl cream to keep the wind from messing with it he got to the bar i assume probably had a couple of drinks and it was just hanging out enjoying himself enjoying the music and the band started playing a song called jumpin' in at the woodside and he remembers this very clearly because he, that's when he noticed a pretty girl in the corner of the room with a white dress on, with blonde hair, perfectly up, and really pretty blue eyes. He just had to ask her to dance, and he was really ecstatic when she accepted. They actually ended up dancing together most of the night. During a slower song, he was able to talk to her a little bit more. She told him she lived not that far from there on the south side uh, a Damien Avenue. Damon Avenue. Uh, he lived pretty close to that area but he still lived with his parents. I mean he's early 20s I believe at this point and he just didn't want to let the girl know he still lived with his parents. The stigma exists even then, (laughs) but he just let her know, oh, I live near there as well. He also noticed that she was very cold and he described her as feeling brittle. She took notice of him noticing how cold she was and she began to shy away from him a little bit, but he quickly wanted to reassure her that everything was all okay and he said to her, cold hands mean you have a warm heart. How stinking sweet is that? And they, they hung out the rest of the night. They danced all through the night. Up until the band had stopped playing and the bar started to close down. So he offered her a ride home since it really wasn't that far and... He was going in that general direction. She told him to go ahead and head down Archer Avenue, which he thought was kind of strange because it was in the opposite direction from where she told him she lived. And as they're going down the street, out of nowhere, she suddenly tells him to stop and pull over. He thought this was really strange. The only thing around was Resurrection Cemetery. Mary turned and looked at him and very calmly said, I have to go now and you cannot follow. She got out of his car and he watched her walk into the cemetery, close the gates and latch the chain around them. Some stories say he watched her just just dissipate right there. Uh, In other stories, all attributed to Jerry, he was with his brother who also saw this happen. So, I don't know if there's all stories that got attributed to Jerry, but or all different accounts. I honestly think they are all different accounts that just got uh, attributed to Jerry. But this is one of the most famous accounts, and the story doesn't end there. Palace knew he couldn't sleep. He, he didn't like the idea of just leaving her there. The, just this young woman on the south side of Chicago, he left at a cemetery. That that didn't sit right with him. So he drove up and down Archer Avenue all night, keeping an eye out for her. And this, this is when his mind started you know, going a million miles an hour. Why ever would she have gone into the cemetery and why latch the gates? She literally locked herself into the cemetery. Was she a ghost? What was going on? And like, he was so confused. And he continued to drive around until the next morning. He then remembered the address she had originally given him. And of course, none of the stories have the actual address, just the Damon Avenue. He went to the house and an older woman answered. A little confused why there was this disheveled young man knocking on her door way too early in the morning for this. He felt that she looked similar to Mary, so he kind of assumed it was her mother. He asked if Mary was home, or at least had made it home, and the woman looked at him very puzzled. And then her reply shocked him. She said, Mary doesn't live here anymore. She died in a car accident four years ago. Our hero of the story at this point is very confused. Obviously he's sleep deprived and now he's hearing that the woman he danced with all night is dead and had died. A while ago. He looked past her shoulder into like, the entryway and noticed a photo of a girl on the table. And it was Mary. He full recognition, that was the girl. So he was very confused. The woman then started asking him questions, you know, who are you, how do you know Mary, that sort of thing. And he wasn't sure what to do. He's still like all over the place at this point point. and he lied. It's like, how do you tell a woman that you danced with her ghost daughter all night? He told her that he had gone, they had gone to school together. And this confused the woman as well, because if that was the case, how hadn't he heard about her accident? And he lied again, and said he had gone to college out of state and was only now coming back and trying to catch up with friends. And the woman continued, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, the woman said. Mary went out dancing with some boys she worked with at Brock's. But they never made it to the dance hall. One of the boys crashed the car into the L at Wacker and Lake. Mary was thrown through the windshield and died on the way to the hospital. He said that he was sorry for her, to hear that and sorry for her loss and the woman told him, if you want to pay your respects and visit Mary's grave, she's buried in Resurrection Cemetery. Which is where he dropped her off. And that was enough for him. According to the the story, at least with Vince, um, he never set foot at the O. Henry again. And, in fact, he never set foot in another dance hall ever again. Jerry passed away in the 1970s, and apparently he loved telling this story. This is like his little claim to fame kind of thing. He's even on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, which is what you hear at the beginning of this episode. he too is now buried in Resurrection Cemetery. But his story is not the only one. For nearly a century, people have reported her spirit walking along Archer Avenue. Most of the sightings happen in the wee hours of winter mornings before the sun comes up. And sometimes they're kind of benign. Um, They'll just see this woman walking and because she's such a famous spirit, they know exactly who it is. Uh, the cabbies of Chicago were well acquainted with her because it was such a frequent and current occurrence for one of them to pick up a lo- young lady near that area, ask her where she wants to go, or offer her a ride because it was late, just to have her disappear in the backseat. Just gone. And one of the weird things about Mary is that the stories seem to morph over time. The encounters change. So like in the 30s and 40s, there were a lot of stories of young men dancing with her in bars. Or uh, uh, a lot of times it's young men, but sometimes couples offering her a ride home just to have her disappear out of their car. It's almost like she has like a force field, like she only goes so far and then disappears. And it's always, you know, down Archer Avenue, right by Resurrection Cemetery. And people have reported having full conversations with her. And she always seems very pleasant, at least. Not overly friendly, but shy, but sweet. Uh, In the 30s, people report a woman in white jumping onto the running boards on their car and hanging on for a ride down Archer Avenue and then disappearing. Sometimes they uh, would witness her jumping off. And then when they stopped the car to see where she went, she's nowhere to be seen. Can't find her. Nothing. I don't know what it is about this, but this spooks me. I I don't know why. I don't know if it's the idea of something running at the car you're, you're driving just to hang on to it until you stop and then she disappears. I guess it was fairly common just to have random people jump on your running boards. According to some of the accounts I was reading, it wasn't a big deal. But the fact that it was a girl, first of all, in a very nice white dress doing it, that was weird. And then, of course, the disappearing part is also weird. And, of course, those stories of her jumping on the running boards eventually disappear. Mainly because cars really don't have a whole lot of running boards anymore. It's like a... Big truck thing, and also around this time is when big band music kind of kind of started to die out the popularity, and the sightings of Mary decreased. So it was almost like her spirit finally went to rest. That is, until the nineteen seventies. One of the most famous reports actually got the police involved. And if I can find this as an actual police report, or if somebody knows where this is, please let me know. Because that would be awesome. I'm sorry, there's like a trash truck outside or something. Anyways, people called the police... To say that there was a woman in white walking around Resurrection Cemetery. Not a big deal, except for the fact it's at night and the cemetery is supposed to be closed. So, at that point, it's trespassing. The officer was dispatched to go check it out, see what's going on. And when the officer arrived, he didn't find anyone in the cemetery. He went looking all over, trying to find, anyway, couldn't find anything. But upon closer inspection, he noticed that two bars of the cemetery gate had been pried apart. Think old probably cast-iron gates. There were scorch marks on the bars that looked like handprints where they were pried apart. And this is also about the time when encountering Mary almost became a negative situation like they the accounts weren't fun hanging out in a bar and dancing with her anymore they were a little bit more fearful a couple was driving down Archer Avenue avenue near the cemetery one night when suddenly they saw a woman's body laying in the road He went to swerve, but it was too late. Like they came up on it just too quick and it was already too close. So they knew they had hit her and they were starting to panic and they knew that when they got out to check, it was going to be gruesome because obviously she was already in the road. Something bad had happened and they just made it worse. Right where the tires should have made contact with the body, there was nothing. Nothing was there. And this becomes a big thing. People thinking they hit her. They see this woman walking on the side of the road or she just walks out in front of their car. And a lot of times They hear the thud and they see, they feel it through the car and when they get out, nothing. And it's always the same description. And that actually still happens fairly frequently. Uh, In the 1990s, the owners of Chet's Melody Lounge, which I believe was the O. Henry Ballroom. It's now a bar. They were pulling into the parking lot one night when a man came running down the road at them, screaming that he needed to use their phone because he had hit someone. And now he couldn't find the body. He said he searched and he's just freaking out. He's assuming that, you know, she needs help immediately and they kind of calmly looked at each other and asked her if she was a blonde and in a white dress the man looked absolutely shocked and basically asked him how did you guys know that and they just looked at him and said that was resurrection mary You didn't hit anyone. You saw a ghost. Thank you to everyone out there listening today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And when I finish the Mary research, you can hear what I found. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Word of mouth goes a long way. If you have a ghost story to share, don't forget to drop me a line at my life podcast at gmail.com. You never know, you might end up on the podcast. You can also follow my Haunted Life podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, don't forget we also have a Facebook group, which is always a lot of fun. If you would like to support the show you can subscribe to the patreon page and you can support the show for as little as two dollars a month but every little bit helps seriously it's a big deal to me and i really appreciate it and that's it for this show i'll see you all next week on my haunted life podcast Until then, stay haunted.